passwords kind of suck, but they're still the main way we protect ourselves online. Let's run through a few well-worn password rules that are just plain wrong. This is The Daily Charge. It's Wednesday, March 11th. I'm Roger Chang. And with me via Skype is our West Coast security reporter, Laura Hatala. Now, Laura, you're here to bust three well-worn rules for dealing with passwords. Let's run through them. What are we doing wrong? Yeah, so for a long time, we've been told, never write down your passwords. Uh, we've been told, don't ever share your passwords. And you know, just change them all the time, just in case. Change your passwords, and uh, then you'll be safe. But there's some problems with all of these rules that kind of lead you to, to do passwords wrong. So, so yeah, so know, let's, let's break it down, down individually. Like the, the first one, like don't write down your password. It's funny, like when I read that, cause like there's always a scene in those, in a movie where, you know, someone's like snooping around someone's desk and they see the written password. And then you, you feel dumb because you've got the same kind of written password at your desk, or at least your friends do not me. Right. <laughs> so what, why, why is that counterintuitive? Cause it seems to me like you, it would make sense to not have, the written password down. Why does it make sense to actually write it down now? So now we have way, way too many passwords to memorize. You're supposed to memorize your password and never write it down. But if you have a dozen, a hundred passwords, how are you going to do that? Mm. So the only way to have unique passwords for every account, which is definitely what you should do, uh, is to write them down. You can write them down physically and keep them locked in a, a file drawer or something. Don't put them on a sticky note under your keyboard. That's still a bad idea. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, you can also use a password manager, which is a digital way of writing them down. Just any way that helps you actually have different passwords for every account uh, is going to require writing them down. Right. And the idea that you don't share your account, you don't share your password, why, why does that make sense now? Or why does it not make sense? Well, I mean, the fact is that we just do. We do share our accounts. We share our Netflix accounts. Or, you know, if you have one Amazon Prime account, you're not going to get another, you know, for your partner who lives in the same house as you. That doesn't make any sense. Banking is often similar. So um, the good news is that some services are helping you uh, have shared accounts with separate passwords. So that's good. But other accounts don't do that. So you just have to be smart about it. The number one thing to do if you're going to share your passwords with someone is to not reuse that password somewhere else because mm. that limits the chance that you or your partner or whoever you're sharing with is going to accidentally give that password to hackers in a phishing scheme and then you know pop open all those other accounts where you're reusing that password. Okay, so I can finally let my wife know what my passwords are. Yeah, that's probably fine. Yeah, the other thing is that you know uh, we don't live forever, and at the right. end of your life, you're going to want to have someone have access to your accounts. That's a really um, great so that's point. Another thing. People yeah, yeah. often have a conversation with older parents, you know, like tell me where you keep your passwords um, so that I can access things that I need to. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, don't constantly change your password, which I'm, I'm a big fan of, but break it down. Why, why, why is this, uh, why does this not make sense? So actually there was this research uh, about over 10 years ago showing that, when people are required to change their passwords frequently, what they do is just add something really simple to the end of their other previous password. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty trivial to guess what the change is. So if your ha password has actually been stolen by hackers and all you do is like add a one or a two at the end, you're not really doing very much to secure yourself. So if you know that your password has been stolen in a data breach, you should change your password. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you should change it to something totally different. But if you if you don't have any reason to think your password has been stolen, you should leave it a 
complex, unique password that you're not using anywhere else. And that's definitely just the best security. Got it. I really wish our, uh, our corporate parents would hear that because we have to change our passwords constantly here. Um, you. I, I, um, you know, we had Stephen Shanklin on Monday to talk about why passwords suck. Um, you had a nice story yesterday about password managers. Uh, there's been a lot of interest with our readers about uh, and our listeners about password managers in general. Why don't you break down some of the, the key password managers options that are out there and sort of ones you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, so I think uh, 1Password and LastPass are some of the best known. There's also um, Dashlane and, uh, and there's actually close to a dozen really good ones right now. Mm. Um, and you know, what makes them good is that they generate passwords for you that are unique. You don't have to think of a really crazy long password yourself um, and stores them for you and then makes it as easy as possible to log in from your phone, from your device, your your laptop, whatever you're using. Um, so you don't actually have to remember any password. Uh, and it, it's just kind of the best way to follow that rule of using a unique password for every site because, you know, otherwise you'd have to be a robot or a computer to do, to actually do that well. All right. Uh, Want to talk about the big story today, and that is uh, E3 potentially being canceled. We've got reports. Our sister site, GameSpot, has reported that the video game conference in Los Angeles is set to be canceled. Uh, they are they're, they are scheduling a press conference for later today, I believe 9.30 a.m. Pacific, so we'll likely get official word then. But this is just the latest in a series of conference, conferences and public events that have been canceled over concerns about coronavirus. Uh, now, Laura, uh, it's fortuitous that you're here because you actually attended one of the few conferences that went on despite the concerns. That is the RSA Security Conference, uh, the one that happened to actually have someone with coronavirus attend. So uh, share some of your perspective on that like, and why it's important for some of these conferences to be canceled. Yeah. So at the time of the RSA conference, there hadn't been any community transmitted cases in San Francisco. It didn't seem like it was an issue in San Francisco. But of course, when you bring, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 people into the same place from all over the world, that increases the chances of transmission. And that seems to be what happened. The, according to Bloomberg, one of the people who had uh, COVID-19 while at the conference got sick on the last day um, of the conference and, and had to be put into a medically induced coma more recently. So mm -hmm. it was quite serious. So knowing that someone at the conference was, you know, just about to be symptomatic, that's pretty worrying when I look back. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that everyone who attended the conference is also, you know, reassuring themselves. I know I washed my hands a lot. I know it's un unlikely that I contacted this one person, but mm. it's still pretty disconcerting to know that that possibility is out there. A absolutely. And I think uh, when Mobile World Congress, that phone trade show in Barcelona, they they got it got canceled. Uh, there were a lot of critics who said, it, you know, this is a bit of an overreaction. I think a lot of folks who are uh, who made the decision to pull and pull the trigger on canceling these conferences are probably breathing a sigh of relief, knowing that this ha like the worst case scenario pretty much happened at RSA. And so uh, you can imagine this is going to continue to be a thing. Conferences like Google I/O are being canceled. Uh, Apple's WWDC is just a few months. We don't know what's going on with that, but I suspect that'll get canceled as well. So. Uh, it's it, yeah, it's just sort of the latest in this the string, and just bring it back to the sort of the video game world. E three, there were some questions about sort of the value of E three, as it were. Um, you know, we were Sony had already said they were planning to pull out of the the conference completely to give their PlayStation Five a bit more uh, of its own 
limelight. Uh, and, and, you know, Microsoft has always kind of traditionally held a separate event. Uh, and so, you know, Google and Google uh, had a big presence with Stadia there last year, but it wasn't actually at the show. It was sort of offsite. So there's been a lot of questions about the value of E3 even before the coronavirus concerns hit. But uh, obviously, paired with these fears and, and just sort of the, you know, the, the need to be cautious about things, it does make a lot of sense for E3 to go get canceled. So yeah, it's part of the huge impact of, of this disease that not only are people really getting sick and it's it's scary to see, you know, whether or not we can contain it, but there's this huge economic impact on businesses that are canceling these major events. Definitely. If you want to learn more about today's topics, you can check the links to all today's stories in the description below. The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for joining us.